0: Hello and welcome to the People Who Play podcast, the podcast designed to inspire you to live playfully. We're people and we like to play. I'm Emma and I'm here as always with my lovely producer husband.
1: Ben. Hi, hi everyone, <laughs> we're back. That was a hiatus, was it?
0: We call it an unplanned hiatus.
1: Okay, what happened?
0: We have no childcare. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have any formal childcare for the old little scouty boy at the moment.
1: So. Well, I'm the childcare. Well, I mean, I'm his dad.
0: Yeah. No, we don't like that.
1: I hate that. I don't yeah. like it when people... Oh, God, straight with a negative. Dads say, oh, it's daddy daycare. Cringe. Cringe. Oh yeah, I know. It's like, well, it's, you know, your child. It's just you're having a day. You're just having a day with your your kid. Yeah,
0: so sitting down between me and you for 20 minutes to record a conversation seems
1: to be impossible. Yeah, it does. And even now, I mean, I was meant to go for a run. Oh, I know. And was- then you were like, I was- podcast. I was like pulling teeth. Yeah, I love running. Sometimes I think about how fat I'd be if I didn't, (laughs) if I didn't run.
0: You wouldn't be there. You're. I would. You're you're like a string bean.
1: Don't know what one of those is. Don't you? No. You don't know what a runner bean is?
0: Oh. A green, long vegetable.
1: There's so many things that I don't know. (laughs) Well, well,
0: that's that's becoming a segment of the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a dumbass. No, I think, God, imagine all of those calories because I eat quite a lot. Yeah, and and i offset it with running but now i'm 40 um i don't know what mm. happens if i my, what happens if my metabolism sl- you you might end up being married to a fatty <laughs> you can't really say fatty anymore uh, no my, i'm calling myself okay. A fatty okay okay
0: okay yeah so i st- i yeah okay nice might, <laughs> maybe i'd still love you Venge.
1: oh thanks ems
0: um how is it going being 40
1: um I think it's okay. I'm I'm very aware of like being halfway through a race or something. Right. But also actually being a little bit more than halfway because you might not count the last bit. So I'm thinking, geez, okay, I've got like 20, 30 good years left, fingers mm. crossed, to do something with. I mean, I'm already doing something. Yeah. Like with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> running this this little fam (laughs) but um you know i don't want to have anything any big things i want to do i want to get them done
0: i feel like this is such a interesting life stage as you know i love a life stage chat Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's cool because i feel like i sort of feel very comfortable with myself and i feel quite uh what's the word what's the words like experience life experience i have a lot of life experience scott well
1: yeah you're pushing 42 so Uh, excuse me oh you're comfortable are you (laughs) comfortable
0: (laughs) why are you always trying to like
1: because i don't know how comfortable you really are when someone says they're comfortable (laughs) with their age they shouldn't be saying excuse me i'll have you my that i'm not 40 i'm comfortable with what i am not inventing a human being yeah right
0: anyway i feel very comfortable with who i am i feel like just don't really care so much about being constantly Perception. liked or people-pleasing. Um, that feels good. That feels quite liberating, almost like rebellious oh and God, I freeing. Hit that, Ems, I hit that
1: in my 20s.
0: Yeah, well, that's the... What, you care what people think? Well, there you go. That's the male privilege.
1: Oh! <laughs> the good shit <laughs> Patriarch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see the last show oh. um but on the flip side it feels very much like oh god we're like deep deep in adult life like around us i feel like there's not one person that i don't know in this life stage that hasn't got like just shit going on
1: really yeah i don't think i've got much going on
0: you got stuff going on i was a bit worried about you recently i felt like you had a little wobble I thought, I thought you had a little wobble but then you got these pink shorts was i on a of, balance beam you, sort of, <laughs> you got these pink shorts and you sort of came back to life
1: i picked i picked <laughs> india up yesterday because uh, i ran out of pants
0: right
1: and um i've got these new yoga shorts that have pants built in yeah
0: those are them yeah the ones i'm talking about
1: so i was like oh god i've just been for a run i had a shower and i didn't have any pants because we were so behind on our washing ends honestly it's ridiculous. Real. So um, I put these on, and they're quite bold. They're I'd for say for a school they're, run. For a school run, they're quite short, and they're coral coloured. So I picked her up, and she was like, "Dad, you're wearing pink shorts." And I said, "They're not." But even if this is in front of like the whole school, I was like, "And even if they were, that's fine." Good. And then I said, "They're coral," <laughs> like that.
0: Well, she was probably saying that because she liked them.
1: Maybe. I tell you what, when you're not wearing pants, you are relying a lot on the inner lining.
0: <laughs> what a strong gusset.
1: Well, it's just, it feels, a, you feel very exposed even though you're completely not.
0: Mm. I sometimes these days wear, because during the lockdown and obviously I was on um, postnatal as well, just stopped wearing underwear,
1: underwire. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
0: wearing underwire in bras and now I'm like I can't go back there now it just seems like what what do you how do they like you're almost wearing a machine or something how do they work we just don't have an underwire in it you just have a soft
1: padded one that's not going to do anything
0: well it does there's all sorts of like I'd know there's (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things you can get
1: um so is this oh is it frowned upon to have wire in your bra now
0: no not at all not frowned upon at all it's just like once you've not had that it's like oh, don't, don't really want to do that again. Anyway, so start, I sometimes wear. Is that better for
1: sports or something? Um,
0: you wouldn't. Re- yeah, I wouldn't really want to wear an under underwif'e sports. No, no, it's like jumping in a machine.
1: God, it's like cabling. Yeah.
0: Under there. <laughs> anyway, I've started wearing some uh, body slips. Not quite sure what they're called. Like an all-in-one, and um, yeah, sometimes that feels like I'm. Like what you're saying, like wearing... You're exposed, but you're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what happens when you're not not 100% comfortable in what you're wearing.
0: Well, I quite like it.
1: Hmm. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we're wearing.
0: What's our current (laughs) domestic dilemma? Because we've moved on from cleaning products.
1: Yeah, bleach is back. I won bleach that came, battle. Bleach came back. Um, no, we've got a massive fridge stink issue at the moment. Our fridge stinks. That's actually given me a midlife crisis.
0: Yeah, you have gone a bit weird.
1: It stinks! I can't smell it anymore. No, because you are the smell. <laughs> what do you mean? You you are as one. Right. You You and the fridge have formed a symbiotic circle oh
0: like i've sort of accepted it into my yeah
1: you're just part of it you're like oh that's smells that's what a house smells like yeah it isn't no um we've cleaned that goddamn fridge i got in it we've um like bought something from amazon like something that does the, the weird drip hole at the back Oh my- now i'm doing old wives tales from the internet and i've got like a big tray of baking soda in there
0: Okay, well, Apparently, it sucks works.
1: the stink off the plastic.
0: That thing, that sort of like contraption that you bought to suck out the, fr- the fridge garbage. juice. Someone's a millionaire for that. It's like fridge juice
1: sucker. Yeah, it's garbage. But when it's it, trash, ems.
0: But also, it looks, like, it looks like it looks like it was some sort of like drugs lab.
1: Yeah. Well, it you know it didn't work. So.
0: Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, at Breaking the fridge. Yeah. Well, to white. oh
1: ems i see you've got some notes here we've got a few topics you want to tick off
0: well i thought we could talk about why won't you let me feed the squirrels in the garden rats why
1: you're gonna get rats
0: no the squirrels are quite
1: squirrel
2: yeah you you
0: do have words that you like to say american
1: yeah uh, uh squirrel and coral and horror what's that that's horror
0: right okay
1: squirrel yeah americans say horror horror leisure yeah <laughs> yeah look stop trying to feed all the, the goddamn animals ems because we're just gonna get rats
0: you've got a rat fabia
1: yeah i had rats when i was younger um living with a bunch of mates in my early 20s it almost put me in a mental hospital right okay if you've ever lived with rats i it that's like a horror film yeah <laughs> well. I don't even like talking about it I
0: now. once went backpacking and stayed in a hostel that had rats like crawling around in the walls and Oh yeah. it was really really horrible.
1: Yeah, well, if you put bird seed out, yeah, and you just put it in a tr- a tray yeah. on the ground, the rats come. You're going to get um a rat infestation.
0: Okay, well will you cuz some squirrels did come and it was lovely and I like watching them the Scout loves them. So I'm going to investigate a non-messy squirrel feeder.
1: Yeah, you've got to put it somewhere that only squirrels can get to it. Yeah. And not vermin. Are squirrels vermin?
0: You told me off because I just gave them normal nuts.
1: Oh, God, yeah. You were just giving them pub snacks, (laughs) which probably kills them. (laughs) You have to go to a garden centre and get proper, like... You can't just give them salted... (laughs) Like <laughs> I didn't mean like lad nuts. That was so funny. Just KP nuts. As like
0: caramelized cashews.
1: <laughs> See that is that is like something that someone you know from our parents' generation would innately know. Yeah. Whereas we're a bunch of space. Cadets. Why hasn't
0: knowledge filtered down to us?
1: I think it tried to. I think we rejected it. Right. I think we just wanted to go out and binge drink.
0: Because my, <laughs> my parents have so many skills. Yeah, we've like, got bugger all skills. Like they, they're really skilled. Like my mum, she can like... Get practical things. Yeah, she can wallpaper, she can tile. She Change can light bulbs. Once yeah. she made a wedding dress. I can drill. I've got nothing. I'm a fair driller. You're a good driller. I love I, it when you get the drill. I don't mean
1: for oil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I really like it when you put the pencil behind your ear. I think the stuff's happening now.
1: Yeah, you get excited.
0: Yeah, jobs are getting done. <laughs> I also love it when we have tradesmen come to the house because you sort of turn into a slightly different person. Yeah. Like you start knocking on walls and listening to them. And... I
1: I, I um, morph into the person that I'm talking to in everyday life. Whoever I'm talking to, I just turn into...
0: Is that a good that... thing? Shouldn't you just be yourself?
1: I think we've discussed this before and I think it's fine you're sort of mirroring i'm not two-faced it's just that you know how some people don't suffer fools or that some people don't enjoy talking about something that they maybe don't you... aren't interested in I, don't, I talk about anything yeah you always I'm say that in... i'm bad at small talk oh you're rubbish you can't do like seinfeld water cooler talk <laughs> No, I want to just go can't. straight to like people's. No, yeah, you've got to be able to shoot the shit ends. Very important life skill.
0: I can shoot the shit. I just. I don't. I'm very time poor. So sometimes, you know.
1: I'm really time rich. <laughs> so. so I... I would just talk and talk in cafes or to whoever served me on you the street. You do. Yeah,
0: you're talking. It's a very, I very... Like,
1: I like finding out about um, other people's lives. Yeah, it's
0: a very admirable quality. I, I, do I don't too. I don't
1: like spending too much time wrapped up in my own head.
0: I think all those trick-or-treaters, though, just wanted to get their sweets and go. And you were like, <laughs> where, have you, where have you been? Oh, it yes. was... Yeah, I like
1: that. That's called being nice.
0: Yeah. It's very admirable quality that you have. And you... You taught me a lot about being social. And- Trying to be a
1: nicer person. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: oh! Ems, <laughs> when you laugh, sometimes you snort like a pig. <laughs>
0: that's why I don't do snorts. That's,
1: that's an observation I've made about you.
0: Um, right, should we talk quickly about the kids?
1: Um, How are the kids?
0: I am. Um, well, we, well, we know- one of them
1: came in the other night. Are they all right? what do you you, you mean what do you want to talk about well no because
0: we normally talk about what we've been playing and um, I've been playing a few fun things recently with the kids I thought would be fun to share so indie is very like getting into sort of spirituality and crystals and she does these guided meditations for me in phoenix where we like lie down and yeah they're she, amazing yeah i've like, had one it's you're really in a field good. of flowers
1: yeah you're strong and intelligent you're in
0: orange flowers now you are kind and playful yeah she's amazing she's yeah. like you're in
1: the you're, you're in the color between blue and yeah. purple That's... you are intelligent yeah. <laughs>
0: so good Um, but she did one for me in Phoenix the other day and we were like oh can we have a different one (laughs) can we have a different one that's more like nature-y so she was sort of like oh okay and she was like trying to make one up and then she was like you are in the jungle you hear a rustle it's a hedgehog
1: (laughs) (laughs) ah hedgehogs
0: (laughs) we were all laughing Hedgehogs in the jungle. Yeah. Can we attract them to the garden? Would you allow that?
1: No, because you'd put out a saucer of milk, which would bring the rats, and also you shouldn't give hedgehogs milk.
0: I wouldn't put a saucer of milk. We could do a hedgehog. Do you know what
1: we've done to our garden? We've turned it into a skate park. We've (laughs) concreted We've paved over paradise
0: seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone up we
1: have yeah. grass we could do a little hedgehog house i don't know how they get in though it's so fenced off there's a nature reserve five minutes up the road just go up there and look at the cows mm-hmm. are you feeling deprived
0: no i want to be part of you know creating thriving ecosystems so i'm trying to attract well wildlife. you just put
1: down a hundred tons of concrete <laughs> Over all of our grass.
0: No. We have planters and we have grass. We have the available resources to cultivate life.
1: I'm sick of cultivating (laughs) life. I've done it three times with you now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Scout got a bit poorly, didn't he, recently? He got um, hand, foot and mouth.
1: Oh, yeah. The one that everyone thinks is...
0: Well, I told someone... There was the first social big event that I'd been to, actually, since the post-lockdown. It was a school introduction thing. It was the most people I've been in a room with for a really long time. And the first person that I spoke to, I said, Oh, yeah, I have a younger child. He's not here because he's got foot
1: and mouth disease. Oh, God, they took a step back.
0: (laughs) So many steps back. I was like, why are you even saying that you've got an ill child? Whatever
1: that thing he had was, is horrible. Yeah, the other two never had that before. No, they did. They had it at nursery. Oh, yeah. It's wildfire, that stuff. I don't remember It Just makes you all blotchy and red and puffy.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. Poor it's guy. Really um, infectious, isn't it? Gross. What um... a lovely listen <laughs>
1: for the listeners.
0: <laughs> what about you? What have you been playing?
1: Um, you... Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I just think of it again. <laughs> no, Me you're... and Phoenix are really into Zelda. Don't, don't you... Stamp it out, Emma. I love it. Who, um, look, Ems who's on the show? Because we can go for twenty minutes. Well,
0: do you remember um way, way back when we went to an event called Big Fish, Little Fish?
1: Yes, the family. It was like um going out, but then you look down and all your whole family's there. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's it. It's a family rave, so it's But it was boo, was it? Yeah, crazy? yeah. There's a bar, there's a DJ, a DJ playing like proper sort of like Yeah. It's music like
1: going to a club.
0: Yeah, and it was that one that we went to was actually in my university nightclub, so that's a really bizarre experience for me. Um, But yeah, so we have Hannah Saunders on the show, who is the founder of Big Fish, Little Fish, and she is going to talk to us about how she left her job, how she set it up. And I love this conversation because, as you know, Ben, my background is in kind of kids and family, like brands and experiences and understanding how to communicate with them. And I was really interested in this idea around um, entertainment that is designed to be equally enjoyable for the parent and the child so quite often when you go to live events for kids it will be like a kind of i don't know like a whatever peppa pig or something like maybe that you're going along with for the child Mm. and therefore obviously when you're there the way that you behave and act is going to be different whereas this event is like really designed to have sensorial cues to really like unlock playfulness in the parent and then obviously the way that you behave in that environment is quite different to if you were in like you know a paw patrol show or something i'm not saying that that obviously there's a role for both but i was just really interested in that and and the idea of like enhancing a child's enjoyment of an experience through how the parent plays and behaves that was really interesting for me
1: wicked well let's do this thing
0: here it is Hello Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Hello, it's great to be here. Oh it's brilliant, I can't wait to chat to you about Big Fish, Little Fish and get stuck into understanding more about how you're bringing families together, raving. (laughs) Uh, But before we get to that part, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you. Um, I often ask my guests on the podcast to share a bit about their play history, their play DNA. So <laughs> would you be able to kick off, Um, have you always been a little raver? That's what I want to ask you. But Yes,
2: <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I'm a bit older to be like, I'm now 52. Um, And so I was an original raver, if you like, back in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, and I was always really good at having a good time with my friends and I had um, a little flat back in the the 90s um that was in camden i mean it looked like a squat quite frankly it was falling apart didn't have a kitchen or anything but it was wonderful but it became the place that everybody went to and gathered before going out uh after going out and and everything in between and um my you know and it was lovely and i you know decades later i still sometimes meet people who are friends of friends and they say god i remember your house in the in the 90s that was absolutely the most fun i've ever had and um in fact a lot of my friends who've known me for decades, they, they often say that all, all those things. I think often I had games in the house and sort of funny little things to play with and toys and stuff. And uh, my friends have said that what I now do, a big fish, little fish, is is very much the development of, of that idea of playing together Ooh. and how bonding it is and really nice. So yes, I do have a quite a long history of being, you know, party playtime fun person. So um, and it's very much been the way that I've engaged. Uh, with the world uh, and people throughout my life.
0: I love that. And I, I suppose uh, you, when you sort of brought people together you Mm. were because a host and and someone that sort of organizes even if it's on a very small scale Mm. kind of sets the tone don't they and the kind of energy for for the social happening and it's interesting that you yeah you sort of reference those little things there the games the toys the playfulness that that was in the air would you be able to kind of yeah, I suppose describe what that energy that you were... You might you might have just been very subconscious, um, but what <laughs> kind of was it that, that kind of brought people together in the way that they still talk about and remember? Well, silliness.
2: Uh, mm. Daftness is a really strong driver. It, it brings a certain lightness into the way people are with one another Uh, if people feel that they have permission to be silly um it makes everything a much more sort of positive experience and it's it kept it's also very connecting because being silly by yourself is one thing but actually it's so much nicer if if a group of you sort of share the silliness be it or a peer group or 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 across the generations Um, and Oh, you know I, you know sometimes it'd be that I don't know if there's a little game that you can get where that you put these little stretchy hats on and they have bits of velcro on and you throw balls at them and you catch them by moving your head one well, anyway it's a very silly game <laughs> and um uh we used to play that across the living room I remember but then other times it would be we'd end up doing these uh trivial pursuit games into like the you know the you know into the middle of the night and it would just be so funny to do and i remember one time we actually managed as i said it was a bit like a squat this flat and it had great big gaps between the floorboards and we actually managed to lose the dice and this trivial pursuit game was going on forever and a day and we lost the (laughs) dice down through the floorboards and it was irretrievable and and most of the people there were just like oh thank god for that we can stop playing but my friend emma said she goes no there's an all-night garage around the corner and i bet you they sell dice and she came back with four (laughs) and uh you know so it, it's that and you know I just uh it, it's that it's, a, it's silliness likeness is a real thing I think it's always been very important to me mm. um but I think it's very important to other people to, I think it, it's something that humans find nice it's it, it, you can relax it's embracing child child likeness yes. which is different from childishness yeah um child likeness that sort of Joy in the darkness of life yeah. um, is something that I think we should we all enjoy when we manage to grasp it.
0: Absolutely, and often you need a catalyst, whether that's a person like you or an environment like you've been yeah. creating with Big Fish Little Fish. Do you do you? Um... Uh, did you because obviously the time that you're talking about would would you have been like in your 20s I was yes yeah so when you got older and you know (laughs) jobs and kind of a career and and sort of parenthood happened how did you find the journey with connecting to silliness did it get harder did it change tell me a bit about
2: that I actually in in the actually even in my 20s when I um uh was was having this party palace uh place in camden um i actually had an incredibly serious job i was a white civil servant wow and um and i was very good at it and i really enjoyed it as well it was great it was a great job i did all sorts of different roles um and i really really enjoyed it but that didn't and it was hard work um and i was sort of uh, financially independent because of that anyway anyway um but it made the play even sort of more important it's not the case of like work hard play hard it's it playfulness is different isn't it and i i just think it alleviated the stress of all that um so i sort of uh having a family came to me much later in life. Um, so actually I spent most of my twenties and my thirties able to balance both very successful, serious career and playfulness outside in my social life and with my, with my peer group. Um, and I didn't actually have my children till I was in my early forties. Um, uh, I had one at 41 and one at 42 and uh, with my partner, David. And um, it was I'd, I'd had, when both, it, was, it became one of those things. I don't know, you know, a lot of people, when you have your kids, you think after the, you know, the, there's this whole shock of the newborn baby. Oh my gosh, they yeah. give me, I've got this amazing thing. I must make sure I keep them alive. And the, the, the sheer, you know, neuroticism around that for a while. But, then there's this bigger thing about I, I want to show them the world. I want to give them, I want them to realize all their potential and, and try everything worse. And, and actually there's lots of skills that people often pass on to their kids that I, I can't do. For instance, I can't ride a bike. Mm. Um, I can't drive a car. Uh, there's all sorts of things like that. I'm just not very practical, but I always knew I was really good at having a good time and finding the joy in life somehow and helping others to do that as well. Mm. And so even when they were little, little babies, I wanted to kind of sh- sh- share that. And I thought, this is the one thing I can teach them that can show them how to be is to have that sort of playful attitude to life. And that was very important to me. And so mm. I started taking them to festivals uh, when they were teeny babies. My daughter went to her first Glastonbury when she was four months old. Um not entirely altruistically because actually there was part of me which under you know I was old enough that I knew that one of the big things that happens to people when they have uh tiny child b- babies is that they lose themselves particularly women yeah when they're the primary caregiver and you're doing all that you know I was breastfeeding and you know there's all this and you kind of completely lose yourself mm. in it all and um, and I was absolutely determined, not just for my own mental health, but for the the, the health of and and happiness of my family, that that I would do whatever I could to not to not for that not to happen to me. And so it became incredibly important that I was able to engage still with my new you know with my new role as a mum and my baby, in the things that I always really loved, so dancing and music and festivals and things like that. In fact. I said earlier that my my daughter I took to Glastonbury when she was 4 months old and the year beforehand I'd also gone to Glastonbury and I'd actually been pregnant and I'd been had terrible morning sickness it was awful um I still enjoyed Glastonbury um but I was I was walking around just going I just want to sit down I remember going into the crowd at blur and I actually took a little seat right into the middle to sit down because I just wanted to be sick over everybody um (laughs) and um anyway but when I was there I very carefully noticed anybody with a young baby and I went up and spoke to them and asked them how they were managing it Mm. with a young baby so I was trying to learn as much as possible because I or even then before I'd even had winter my daughter I I wanted to see I I thought if I plan if I organize and think through it all then I should be able to do this next year with a young baby and so I did that and that was kind of that was a key that was very important to me so whilst the 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 joy and the lightness of being playful and doing fun things is really really important sometimes you have to really plan to be able to get to that and that is very very true if you have children.
0: Yeah, so so true. There's a couple of things you said there that I really love. Um, And and one of them, uh, when you started talking about not being able to ride a bike or (laughs) drive a car, but you were aware of your strengths and how you really valued that as a skill that you could pass on. And I think sometimes we can fall into this trap when we start to Compare ourselves to others, or we build up this false image of what a quote unquote good mother is, is that actually we almost ignore some of the strengths that we have and the skills that we've got, and that we can really sort of leverage and pass on to our children. They get kind of lost in this idea of like, this is what a good mum looks like. And actually, like, the more that you lean into yourself, and you also had this really lovely vision that was coming to life (laughs) whilst you were at Glastonbury, probably throwing up in some toilets that you didn't (laughs) want. to be in you start to have the vision of like yeah this is this is what I do this is my strength and it's not necessarily about making your kids just like all the things that you like it's no. about if I chase the joy if I follow some of my skills and strengths that's something really positive that I can bring to the relationship with my child which um is is really really lovely to hear and I think really inspiring
2: yeah and it is one of those things I I um uh that 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 thing of actually helping people have a nice time and and make them feel happier um i've realized over years it's actually incredibly important to me you know as i said it's not not all this stuff is altruistic it makes me feel good there's like a like a a feedback loop there but fundamentally it's just that i do like seeing other people more relaxed and chilled and happy about things um and that you know in in many ways becoming a parent focus that even more because parents particularly of younger children although you might also argue teenagers as well they spend a lot of their time extremely stressed mm. and uh it's almost like they've forgotten how to relax and enjoy themselves yeah. it's such a rarity yeah. and um and, and actually one of the things that we've been able to do and we see all the time at the Big Fish, Little Fish, Family Rave events are people that, that just being happy again. Mm. And just, you know, and we've had, you know, I've had enough people come up to me at the party and said, God, this is the most fun I've had forever in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I just thought, yeah, you probably haven't slept for three years.
0: Yeah, it's so um, true. And I think actually... Um, is something that I've discovered through the work that I've continued to do on Instagram and why I've kept doing it similar to you I get such a kick out of being able to sort of galvanize people Mm. to play and then they realize the power in that and that makes me feel really good and you're right I think parenthood is a massive one where you can actually forget how to find fun um, and it is choice actually and it is work you it's so much easier to um kind of slip into uh, a bit of grumpiness and you know you start to say no to things and um actually you really have to sort of attune your mind and reconnect with your inner kid reconnect with with what sort of brings you joy otherwise it's really difficult to play um and I think it's 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 great that you sort of recognize that and you're able to bring that to other people I'd love to just before we dive into how you made the switch from your serious work (laughs) not to say what you're not doing now isn't serious but I really want to I'm going to be fascinated by that I just before we do that could you talk to me a little bit about um rave culture because I was I'm 38 so I was kind of like around it it very much influenced like fashion and music but was too young to actually be at it um so yeah I'd love to just hear you reflect on your experiences of that and yeah kind of like what it what it meant to you and what the kind of vibe and
2: energy was like um well one of the things that was really striking about it was well the strong strong vein of daftness runs through it all uh, and always has done but it was a real sense of um unity mm. and support and everybody being equal on the dance floor you know you didn't you know over. you know there were different ways of going about things but on the whole you'd be going out of an evening and you'd think right well there's no point putting on loads of makeup and high heels and stuff like that because I'm going to be It will be sweated off, and yeah, and and it was just it was just great, and you know it was just getting together with your mates, um, and just really enjoying life and Mm. and enjoying. People, random people you would talk to, funny little conversations you would have, great music. Um, You know, I'm a great believer in the power of, you know, singing in the shower and things like that. People respond really powerfully to music. And if you layer on top that sort of great enjoyment with your friends, uh, just enjoyment of of everything that was going on, it was just lovely. You You felt I mean, this was all. I was in London through this. Obviously, London was a, a quite a big focus of, of uh, rave culture. Although, mm. obviously, it happened everywhere over the UK. But um, it was, um, it was. A, there was a real sense that you were part of something much bigger, mm. in a in a good way. There was like a network of everybody who was going out and having fun, and it was it was gentle and supportive and. I don't know, it's just lovely. It was like, I I remember I was a teenager in the 80s and I remember being really jealous of my mum growing up in the 60s because I thought the 60s was really cool and with amazing music and all these great parties. But actually the 60s, that version of the 60s only happened to a very small number of people. Mm. Whereas when the 90s came along, I mean, it started obviously in the late 80s, but the 90s is when the explosion happened. You felt that everybody could have a go at rave culture and it it was like everybody suddenly became cool it was a real egalitarian approach to coolness and um it was it was just lovely i mean i've got i've got to see i'm still really really good friends with my old clubbing mates basically we've all stayed really good friends and all our children are friends and things like that and um I, I, a friend of mine who works in uh, uh, an advertising company, and she's often talking to the younger people there about. You know, she tells them stories about what we did in the nineties, and and they keep saying, "My God, you were out, you know, partying with bears, and this happened and that happened. You met that, you know." And we going, "Yeah, but it just sort of happened back then." <laughs> um, so it was, it was, it was really kind i remember that it was fun and kind and just just great uh, there's yeah. so many silly silly things um and uh yeah so it was it, it, it was awesome the music was great as well by the way yeah um it's and a, a, a uh, cup of, a couple yes. of really interesting things in that. This idea
0: of like the democratization yeah. of coolness and yes. that that kind of equality on the dance floor that you yeah. mentioned. It's so interesting, almost like combined with music, which you know is, is obviously the biggest shortcut to sort of mood and and energy. But this layer of silliness that you talk yeah. about as well. This kind of like perfect concoction, um, almost of just bringing people together in a way um that is really inducive to to play and when we're playing when you look at how children play there is um an a sort of sense of democracy democracy there because yeah. to play together you have to kind of collaborate and enjoy and have fun together it's interesting to hear you talk about that to what extent um were drugs <laughs> necessary to to sort of make that environment um because i'm always i'm always sort of interested in talking to adults who are trying to get back to fun and trying to relax and they'll talk about you know needing to sort of have sometimes some sort of vice to allow them to to release and and relax and and unlock and and I think what's truly magical about when you can play is when you you know you do that without any kind of substance I'd love to explore the role of of drugs in the experience that, that you remember
2: well they were there obviously it was a key part of it, yeah. it was a, it was it was a a, a a often there part of uh of club culture and raving but it wasn't universal and it didn't need it didn't need to be yeah. uh, if you see what I mean and actually the the lovely thing about getting older is as I say, I still hang out with my old rave mates they're still yeah. my mates you know they're not my rave mates now they're my mates and um uh, and, you know, and we don't go out and take drugs and things yeah. like that. We hang out and we still it was almost like you just that it sometimes that layer of drugs gave you almost allowed, gave you the initial permission to be an adult mm. and being so daft. Mm. But the, the experience of the daftness and things stays with you. you think, oh, I know how to do that. I know yeah. how to enjoy it. And, and you know, I, I still go to clubs, I go to festivals and things like that. I sometimes drink, but um, you know, it's not about, you know, getting absolutely spangled yeah. uh now and uh, staying up for three days on a job. I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I, I wouldn't want to. I can't yeah. and so um so it was yeah, it was it was a it was a key part back in the nineties, but not for everyone and certainly not all the time. Yeah. Um and but the whole experience of that raving just taught us how we can just be silly mm. and uh and you 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 find the sort of shared sense of humor with lots of people and things like that and that's still there now yeah um uh you know i went to the festival on friday with some friends it was just absolutely hilarious you know it was adults only and it was just really really silly yet again yeah um love that and uh it's because it's, it's we, we gave ourselves permission uh, to be silly back in the day, and it's, it's still with us, really, perhaps, um, perhaps and how much we it, enjoy
0: it. <laughs> being able to be silly as an adult without the need for drugs is the new drug. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, it is, actually. I, yeah. once, I once spoke on a panel at Secret Garden Party, um, which was called How to Get High When You Don't Get High Anymore. Mm. and it was really interesting discussion um around these sorts of issues really about how to enjoy and grasp life um when you're no longer in that sort of like i'm on on everything in my 20s sort of thing and it was really really interesting but what was great is we so secret garden party is a festival it it doesn't run anymore though it's starting up again next year and it was famously very much a sort of grown-ups one it was fluent very very spangled twenty somethings, and um, but I have just went for the day to be on this panel on the Sunday, and I went with David, and I took the kids, and um, it was so, and um, there were a handful of children there, but not many. It wasn't, it's not a particularly family friendly festival, but it was absolutely. But first of all, all the. Adults were just like Oh, children, and they looked really interested and then scared, right? <laughs> they were like, Oh, no, these beautiful, pure creatures, don't take them away. um But there was, we saw so many hilarious things. So we took that, there was this one venue there called the Coliseum, and we went in to see what it was about. And it was all, it was actually set up like the Coliseum on like tiered seating and everything. You went in, and it was actually naked mud wrestling, right? Oh and it was gosh. the most, but it wasn't, it wasn't remotely rude, right? No. It, not remotely rude. It was, everybody was covered in mud and they were just wrestling. In pit in the middle and my kids just sat there and were like going yeah whatever you know they were really young at the time they were about five and six and then um so there was that and then everybody was going oh my god there are children here I was going it's fine it's just naked bodies that's all they're seeing is naked bodies covered in mud they don't care but the kids got freaked out because the um the mc went on the mic and started effing in blinding and the kids were going oh swear words, swear words!" so we had to leave because of that <laughs> <laughs> So, and, was that, and then later on we were sat down and we were there was this like um sauna that was happening behind closed things but there was a but so people were in there hot and sweaty and naked in this sauna but there was a trampoline so every now and again you saw people jumping up and down on this trampoline <laughs> running that was really funny you know that's this there, is yeah. this was it was funny so that's good um, that, that sounds yeah. great yeah so, so, te- yes,
0: a- so tell me about your did you have a sort of light bulb moment when you came up with the concept for big fish little fish because I think you guys are is it eight years
2: old now yes we are the original yeah, family rave original family rave so um I uh after I had my kids I had a has a I was very fortunate to be able to have a couple of years maternity leave basically because I had one then the other very quickly one after the other and I went back to my terribly serious job in the, in the home office and um I I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And I'd been there, I was very successful and, uh, it was quite high level. So I didn't have anything left to prove, but I just, I just didn't enjoy the environment. There were various reasons for it. But anyway, I decided after my 20 year career, you know, 20 years serving at the, the coal face in Whitehall, I would, uh, leave. Um, but I left without knowing what I wanted to do or anything. Mm. I just decided I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm. Um, I haven't done so many really good jobs. And, um, So I was really a a bit of a two and eight about it all. And and I I took some advice from some various people who'd been in similar sort of career uh, crises. And I uh, had a careers coach. And I um, went to see her, a very nice woman called Marie Taylor. And uh, we so I did a piece of work with her about what I could do next, what I should do next, what I want to do next, and all these sorts of things. And interestingly, through that experience, she 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 did actually say to me, "It was very very important to me." She observed that what I did was playful and light mm. and positive, and that she used the word playful. And uh, through through that process of sort of six months with Marie, I. I decided that I would actually uh, set up my own business, which, you know, had been basically institutionalised um, in, in the public sector. It was a bit of a jump. Um, and that, that I would do, do big, this thing going to be called Big Fish, Little Fish. And it had come about because I was doing a lot of, um, you know, primary caring for the kids because I was no longer working um I was going to lots of baby groups and all the rest of it and uh and it was all very nice but it was a bit dull mm. meanwhile I had also been taken to all these great festivals and mm. been having a wild time with them and seeing how they reacted to things and how positive it was for all of us together as a family and so I thought what I what I'd like to do is create that thing um that we enjoy together where where I enjoy myself they enjoy themselves we all enjoy it together but not in a festival and just take it and do it something do something like it indoors over the winter months um to give a bit of difference from you know the the baby groups
0: Mm. and And
2: so that's that's literally how I came up with it
0: love it what what do you observe when families come because you would have spent time as you describe in various different um parent groups and and things like that 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 we all sort of take our kids to all different environments what do you think is unique and special about what happens to families and both parents and kids when they come into a big fish little fish space
2: well I think they were designed specifically with my family in mind and then I created it and and it struck a chord with lots of other people as well and I think it's definitely uh an environment where they feel it's very non-judgmental uh it's very relaxed um there is i i'm always very clear that the music is it, it, the, the whole event is created to be as much fun for the grown-ups yeah. as the children right and so for instance none of the music is not kiddified it is drum and bass it is techno it's acid house it's hardcore it's dubstep it's you know it's it's club music um, and, and that's lovely. And also the, and one of the things we learned early on actually, is that very young children have a very strong, have a strong response to adult club music. There's loads of places they can hear nursery rhymes. Hey, yeah. Dougie, yeah. you know, baby, all this sort of stuff, or more children focused music. Um, but actually putting them in an environment where, it is that sort of different sounding uh, music they respond really strongly to particularly drum and bass as soon as they can stand they they bounce to drum and bass (laughs) there you go um which was which was great interest to us and so you also see parents relaxing and smiling, as I said, often haven't done it very well, and the kids just love it. They're just yeah. like, my parents are happy. Look, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. and they dance together. They're on the dance floor, and they've got they can have bubbles and foam going over them. So slightly older kids are being popped on the shoulders, and we put out giant balloons, and they're kind of like bouncing the balloons around. It's absolutely brilliant. But I also recognise, even though the sort of the, the the concept was very much this idea of making a, a family friendly rave and all that all the all the details around the timing of it and things like that were all carefully gone through thinking through what's the best time for children anytime after five and it's like the witching hour they all go crazy yeah and then you know all the toddlers have their their nap times over over lunchtime so um so you know that's why we have it in the middle of the afternoons we also wanted to have as many members of the family as possible there so that's why we do them at weekends so that you have you know as many of the adults as you can you know i know yeah. i know a lot of adults do work at weekends including myself may i say but um uh, so so th- there was that but i also thought okay so the music is the beating heart of what we do and that mm. shared experience on the dance floor with the, all the daftness of the effects and the confetti cannons and things like that but i also thought well let's put some crafting in there as well so a bit more like a festival other things to do so mm. it's not just two hours of being on a dance floor next to a bar um so we we introduced crafting and then along with that we introduced themes so people can dress up again add into the silliness you don't have you can do what you like it's very relaxed you can do it, but if you want to dress up as a pirate and we're doing the pirate theme one too i mean if you want to dress up as a pirate and we're doing a space one that's fine too um and uh so it all just sort of feeds in together and what what i what I do see and what I aim to see is just lots of happy smiling people. Sometimes the crafting area is very funny actually because you'll see parents with tiny babies who couldn't you can't craft. Um but they'll, they'll be sat there and you can just see the parents are so tired they just want to sit down with the baby and mother, and they themselves yeah. are making them a little bit of, you know, yeah. the little cardboard crown or something like that. And it's just love. you think that 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 mum just wants to sit there and chat to the craft manager who's just saying, You're right, love, should I get you some water? you know. Um and that's the other thing, is that all the people involved with big fish little fish um and that's not just myself but there's all the stewarding teams the craft managers djs and everything um almost all of us are uh parents ourselves apart from some of the teenagers we have who are actually our children uh who work and um but we really sort of care and it's not just about ensuring that the crowd is okay and safe and everything we really are just trying to make sure that that they get Everything they want to uh, and can out of the event, and again over the years, we've had a lot of feedback from people saying that that really shows. Mm. Um, and for instance, um, we've had uh, parents of uh, children with autism contact us many times over the years now, and they just say, "Look, really want to bring my child along, but I just don't know if it's going to work for them." But they, they do like you know, there's this, and. I've learned a lot about autism over the, over the last eight years of doing this and you know every child is different and they have different tra- triggers and different ways of reacting things so so, so if family like that contacts us in advance we allow them to uh, arrive five minutes before door so they can be in the venue as it fills up um, we advise on specific venues so that there, there may be some that have more sort of like escape rooms for them if they want to go somewhere that's calmer mm. um, we you know some, some children for instance have um issues that they love having their face painted it's it's more unusual this one but but they can't cue so we just get them to the front of the face painting cue you know things like that so it's all just about sort of managing um and uh i've got i've got a friend whose uh child has uh down syndrome and she loves uh, bringing him along to our events because she gets, she says she gets really fed up walking on the street, and if he's kicking off and shouting and doing something like that, and everybody's looking at her and judging, and she says, and we come to Big Fish Little Fish, and nobody judges and nobody nobody minds. He he could kick off and scream and shout as much as he likes, and everybody's just saying, yeah, let's dance, you know. Yeah, um, and uh, it's that sort of environment of acceptance um, and support that allows people to relax and become be. Beef- be playful be be the fun mum they always wanted to be yeah um and and be shown to be being fun with their kids and the kids respond to that in kind and uh so yeah I mean that's sorry it's a long answer to (laughs) to no it's it's
0: lovely to hear you talk so passionately about it and it's what you're talking about there and how you approach the because I suppose it's getting the balance isn't it of creating something that's this really like cool um atmospheric, rave environment, but equally is very child-friendly and safe and welcoming. And it sounds like you really, really pay attention to the small details to do that. And it actually, for me, when I was listening to you talk then, it's like what you were saying about how the conversation we had about the bringing the equality to the dance floor. When you describe uh, your friend's boy with downs coming to that dance floor and just doing his thing. And it's, you know, it's part of the bubble that that you've created. It comes back to yeah, having that 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 playground, that equality. You come to this dance
2: floor, you come to this space and we're all here to, yeah. to play. And it's that that trip. It's I aim for true inclusion. I feel that everybody, every family, has the right to a good time, basically, and to, to come through our doors and 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 have that good time. And we, I've tried to do that over the years in terms of sort of demonstrably supporting different aspects, different parts of society so we have played pride events we have hosted socials by out with the family which is a a, a an organization in support of lgbt families um and indeed other, another one in dundee as well the name escapes me right now um the we have support, we have hosted a social for the oxford downs group um a group of families there uh, where, where some of the children have downs um and we've supported many individual uh children um on the autism spectrum as well and things like that so we we've always gone out of our way um to make sure that we do as much as we can to allow anyone to come yeah brilliant and experience that sort of niceness and and i myself and the other because i now work there are teams that deliver this all over the uk and australia and all of us feel like this i always say you know people who say you know it's like you you know when you have a a little business it's like it's part it's it's uh you know it's like your baby and i said well in fact it's not my baby it's actually like a little part of my soul goes into it it's 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 not about having a separate entity it is Mm. it is what i am and um and all, I would say all the managers are, feel that as well. And, you know, when we're actually running the events, we go out there. We're not just on the stage doing the confetti cannons and this, that and the other. We're out there talking to people in the crowd, checking everybody is OK. Um, you know, I'll encounter a crying child and I'll just turn to them and I said, would a transfer tattoo or a balloon help now? And, you know, <laughs> and sometimes that won't cut it, but sometimes it will. Yeah. And, um, you know, there might be a child, there might, you know, there might be something else going I remember we were doing a big event at the Scala once 900 people and I just I just saw this mum just looking really stressed with a young baby and I just went up and I went what's up how can I help you what is is it have you lost something is something going on and uh, she said oh I, I haven't slept very and, and, and I need to f- feed my baby and I can't work out where to go and I and I took her into a, a special little bit I mean there were, they, they, she, she could breastfeed her baby wherever she wanted you know there's no sort of yeah. like you don't have to do it here or not there sort of thing but I could just tell she was just at a loss because yeah. of her sleep deprivation and I just took her into this lovely balcony bit where it was nobody else and she sat there in. <laughs> it was where I was doing the balloons from and she sat there and fed her baby and she could look out over the dance floor mm. And it, was just, it felt like the weight you could just see it's like yeah. the weight of the world it yeah. lifted from her shoulder and she even wrote a review afterwards thanking the nice lady <laughs> <laughs> the
0: nice lady also nice known lady. as the founder the
2: nice lady <laughs> well, yeah is- I love I love being called nice lady
0: that's great <laughs> <laughs> well it, it is wonderful lady. it's wonderful what you've created and I have been to one of the events uh, we oh. came to the underwater themed one down here in Bournemouth which was funnily oh, enough yes. where I used to it was like the university club so it's yeah. It was kind of like returning to a scene from another yes. life stage with with my family. And it was brilliant. And, and I think it's so fascinating what you talk about with regards to making sure the fun is equal for parent and child, because yes. when I compare the experience that I had at your event versus going to like. I don't know, some kind of like character thing or something that's very much designed for like a young child. I feel like I enter that space in much more of like a mum mode. Whereas when I came to Big Fish, Little Fish, I was just me. And it was just so much more easier for the fun and the playfulness to sort of like ooze out of me. And I think that's what I noticed when I looked around that dance floor is the children sort of feeding off the... Um, well as we talked about at the beginning you set the tone for the party and the parents often do that when they're at an event with the child and and to see the parents unleashing their inner child and you know their shoulders relaxed and just dancing and and sort of having fun the kids naturally feed off that
2: yeah yeah That's that's it that's exactly it and I think that was it's so overlooked that there are many events out there and things that are great but they're so kiddified yeah and it totally. and, and means the parents are there and they're like oh, this is lovely la 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 but it's like whatever um and there's lots of great stuff really high quality really like educational and involving, and engaging for the kids and the parents just sat there going yeah yeah okay well this is one of the things I have to do for a parent as a being a parent exactly uh, this. I couldn't agree or well. the other thing is, is sometimes you might manage to take the kids out for a, a sunday lunch in a pub but the kids are bored out of yeah. their minds yeah and then the parents can't really relax because they're just worried the kids are going to kick off and scream the place down um whereas you know so so by t- by looking at all the generations that yeah. are coming in and and engaging with them you enable them it's it's bigger than the sum of its parts basically totally. it kind Look. of releases it all and everybody's so nice and the parents go I do remember how to have a nice time? I love yeah. the fact you said about the Bournemouth venue actually, because we have because we play places like Fabric and, and things. It, um, uh, we, we, uh, I I have had people come up and say they actually met their partner oh. their with, <laughs> with their baby at the venue we're playing, and they said, and they just like go, Thank you, we're, we're actually celebrating, um, with our baby oh, at the place we met. And so I just nice. think
0: that's really is that, nice? that is yeah, really, nice. really nice, yeah. No, it's brilliant you've created something wonderful and I've loved unlocking this story and so many um natural um sort of evolutions from your strengths your passions how you have that skill to bring people together over playfulness and and how you sort of spotted that gap to bring families together so thank you so much for sharing that with us it's really inspiring
2: is there anything coming up next that you can tell the listeners about well, it's obviously it's been a bit of a dry 18 months, yeah. um, but we uh, we have been back over the summer playing some festivals. You can find out about all our upcoming f- events on bigfishlittlefishevents.com. Um, and uh, ooh, they're all over the place. They're happening. I'm trying to think in September, but the fabric one we have got in September is unfortunately sold out. Um, but we got West London, South East London, Exeter, Bristol, Birmingham, uh, Barrow in Furness, uh, Wales. Is there? A, there's a Cardiff one coming up. There's a Nottingham one. There's there's all sorts going on everywhere. Quite frankly, Brilliant. we got we got really exciting DJs, great themes, lots of Halloweeny ones. So keep an eye out for those. Um, and oh, Hastings! I'm playing Hastings for the first time. That's quite exciting. great yeah, you're um, everywhere. I you're love it. You're everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. everywhere.
0: Well thank yeah. you so much for your time. Um, it's been lovely to chat to you. Thank and you I got to I got to say this. Keep raving. Oh. <laughs>
1: okay ems there we go. Fascinating stuff.
0: Yeah. Love it. It's really inspiring. I loved talking to Hannah. She's awesome. Ben What's that sound?
1: Hmm. Is it a redundant piece of tech?
0: Yep. I mean, we've got a lot of them in this house. We seem to be building our own museum. (laughs) Yep, we've got some faxes in. Now, there's some good ones here, and um, specifically, all for you. Okay. So, uh, here's one from Erin Miller that came through Instagram. (laughs) But I'm curious if Ben has ever planned... A dad playdate with another dad and his kids. I suggested this to my husband and he was on board, but I have doubts it will ever materialise. I have to wonder if women get used to planning play dates with kids because of our time on maternity leave. Also, when you're planning something with another mum, it's sort of the default that you'll both be bringing your kids unless it's some kind of spa or drunken trip to the town.
1: Hmm, Most of my playdates are actually with other mums, I have to say. Mm. Most of our friends, um, the dads, work. I think it it does happen, but it's always just by a happy accident. I'm not particularly good at planning anything, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really, though, am I? No. You
0: like to live in the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the moment with Scout, it's... We've been doing a few baby groups, which have been a bit of a shock for me because we used to do that all the time in London, but down here, they just don't feel as necessary. Mm. In London, I remember like hanging my hat on them, and it was like i structure my whole day around the play group scene mm. or going to a play cafe and meeting people. Um, Down here, I just feel completely different by the coast. I just Mm. think, well, let's just... Like, after I've dropped Indy off at school, let's just go get a coffee and then just see where the day takes us.
0: That might be a, like...
1: Uh, You know, like, see who's out and about. Yeah. See what's, you know...
0: Might be a third child thing as well. Maybe a bit more confident. Like, sometimes with the first one, you sort of cling to those environments that are, like, really catered to kids, um, yeah,
1: totally. They're kid things that you think you should be doing. Yeah. Now I'm more into, well, let's just do some stuff I want to do and they yeah. come with me and they probably have fun. Yeah. Because what, you, you know.
0: And there's a lot to be said for that because as we are learning more and more, as more research comes out, the relation, our relationship with our children, our own mental health and how we sort of feel and behave has such an impact on them. So... You know, it's nice to take them to thing kid things, but also um, it's nice to be able to connect with them in environments where we feel really relaxed and comfortable as well.
1: Yeah, also now I'm a little bit older, I think in hindsight with Phoenix and in Indy and living in London, mm-hmm. you're definitely like hanging out with more random people, but you're hanging out with them just because they have kids. They could be from any walk of life and i feel like now i'm actually more interested in just hanging out with my friends yeah and you know everyone's life's at a different stage so most of them don't have children scouts age
0: i think that's so true with that first one i remember like
1: just... you know you are meeting yeah like you might meet someone at a play cafe and yeah. they're like oh should we do this next week yeah and you you're need... sort of clinging on to these. Yeah, you, you're being anchored in these different, and it's lovely because meeting new people is lovely. But I, in being honest, I just don't really want to do that third yeah. time round. And I've actually heard a load of other people say that.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's very, it's really hard to make new friends, and just because you've got children, it doesn't mean that you're going to get on and like spending time together. I just, I just, I just <laughs> want
1: to do different things now. Yeah. Um. I I feel like I'm going to be one of those like by the time scout goes has to go to like reception obviously when you go to reception that's a lot of people's first mm. children going there so it's like a a big thing I feel like I'm just going to be dropping like see ya <laughs> just like I don't know if you know doing it all again almost feels a bit daunting yeah you know
0: I know, but it's mad. Yeah, there's just a, there's to a think, whole...
1: To think that he's only... He's not even two yet. So yeah. we're going to do the whole school thing. And the social scene of, of, of all of that.
0: Because Phoenix has just started secondary school and we've kind of started to sort of make some new parent friends, haven't yeah, it's we? Yeah, an influx of new people. And it's... Yeah, with Scout, he's going to do that again. There's going to be two more schools that he'll go to. <laughs> yeah. oh they'll, they'll be like, who are his parents? Never see him. <laughs> Never see him. They're
1: not interested. They just drop and go. No. <laughs> I mean that doesn't really answer the question, but um,
0: oh, yeah, it does. I I do see uh, dads having a uh, little play dates with their kids. I've seen that, like at the beach, at the swimming pool. So obviously happens, but I do I do definitely think it is like women on that maternity leave. You do get into that um that routine, and I remember like with with Phoenix, like the, the first one, putting quite a lot of um pressure in, in like meeting people because it's quite it's very lonely and we were the first ones to have kids way before any of our friends and it is very lonely and it's quite isolating and you just need to be with people who are Going in the, the same, same stage yeah and yeah. to some extent with that first one doesn't really matter who they are <laughs> that's what that's what i was yeah. tra- that's what i was trying to <laughs> say like, now you don't Whereas need now, that i yeah. just
1: don't rec- rec- i i have a different sort of skill set i don't need to be surrounded by yeah. people with other babies
0: but it is interesting because you and darren sorry to talk about it in the podcast Darren. i don't think you've ever had a, a play date with kids no if you arranged to see him you'd always just be like out
1: no that, that's l drinking time yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, one more. Um, I would like to hear Ben's
1: thoughts on trapdoor. Oh, trap door. the TV show! Don't you, you open, open that, that
0: trapdoor? It, un- it was that un- was
1: yeah. Look, being honest, I yep. wasn't an ITV kid at right. all, at all, and I couldn't really. I never hopped between the broom cupboard, <laughs> and I don't know what ITV's version of that was called, but they did have something. Couldn't make the leap. Not really. So I'm not that familiar with it. I just know the th- I just know the um, theme.
0: I am. I loved it. It's so weird. Yeah, it's, there was there's something about that like eccentricness. I don't know if that really carries over into children's TV today. Like there is a, a new genre of kids TV today that I really like. The sort of like um, Adventure Time, Gumball. Like I love that's quite feels quite new and and fresh, but. That trapdoor was just it, it I think it relied on um a very open imagination um and a and a, yeah, just a real like ability to suspend belief. I think kids today would struggle with it's, it, feels to me a bit like open-ended play versus the play that lots of kids have now, which comes of like big yeah. franchises and IPs that have like really well-rounded characters and backstories, and you know, it's all sort of like very um, the narratives very like polished. Um, something like that is more like. Give a kid a bunch of sticks and <laughs> make something up. That's what that yeah, show well that, feels like. To that me. show
1: wouldn't have come out of any kind of like research group, and it wouldn't have had any like agenda to be good for kids. It's just pure creativity. Someone's made that. Yeah, brilliant.
0: And it's very much like oh, what kid? Like what playing on a fear, isn't it? Trapdoor. What's down the trapdoor?
1: Well, there might be something down there. Well, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there you go. I liked it. there we go, that's a wrap. We're not, we're not really doing um, the... It's not, It hasn't been like a conscious thing, but we're not doing TV with Scout.
0: No, he's not interested anyway.
1: No, but even, you know, TV is just sort of dead, isn't it?
0: Yeah, no, I feel so differently about... It, it
1: would be really weird to put yeah. iPlayer on and put CBeebies on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I
1: wouldn't even think to do it. I, I'm not trying to be... Um, like moralistic. Sort of, no, like an anti-TV yeah. hipster, because it's not a crusade or anything. It's just I can't. I'm just not interested. I don't think he would be either.
0: No, I sort of like when he was ill. I was like, oh, he's still very young. In fairness, he he's very young. Yeah, and I'm sure he will. He's going to watch. He's like, going to watch films and stuff. Yeah, he'll come to get into it. But
1: also, I don't want to be dependent on that stuff.
0: No, I feel really differently about. Um... You know
1: that in the Night Garden routine. Oh god! Like if you, some people, if you don't get that on, they ain't going no. to bed.
0: That's also, I, I think, just a, a third child like wear out thing as well. It's That's like, again, it's, it's just like, like, like I can't. Do, it's like I can't do like we should do a th-
1: we should do a third child pod. Yeah, because there's so many things that um I I don't know if it's it's not better or worse It's just how I feel. It's not just a third child. It's the gap that we've had as it's well. The gap,
0: definitely, yeah. But also, your if you think, when we had Phoenix, that was like 11 years ago. And our...
1: Whoa, Paw Patrol. Our, what was it back then? I don't know. God, you our, did but Our
0: attitudes as well. And also our... Um, yeah, our attitudes and our understanding of parenting and kids has totally changed. And, and for Phoenix, I definitely felt more like sucked into things and felt like I had to licenses yeah and like go along with things and like this is what a two-year-old likes and is into and the same with screens like i really got caught up in like giving him um an ipad but i didn't really think about it because it was just like this is what kids are because he was born in 2010 that was the year of the ipad yeah so lots of um young children
1: and we had one
0: had them and we had them and you know you start get you start falling into that like you know so suddenly he's watching like these unboxing videos and you kind of just like oh it's like this is what kids do now and you just sort of like mm. get sucked in whereas like now like god i'd never let scout watch that sort of stuff
1: um well he's not even two yet no
0: I know but even when he is two and it's not again it's not like I'm on a crusade it's just because it feels unnecessary like there's other stuff um that he will be interested in and enjoy that's like way more enriching but I guess maybe part of being able to do that is also having the confidence and being able to also slightly be almost like it's like when you, you're first one, you're so in it and you're so just like everything is new and the pressures that you put on yourself and your feeling from everyone else as well can feel so intense. Whereas, like now, which is similar to what we were saying at the beginning about you being 40, it's just like I don't really have any of that. And I just feel like way more like this is what I want to do, this is what feels right, this is my intuition.
1: I tell you, every um, kid that you have definitely has a different experience of you
0: yeah totally
1: they're they're getting you at different life stages yeah not for better or worse
0: and also like the versions of you as well because yeah sometimes i i think like you know when phoenix and indy were little like that was such quite a sort of like hectic time and um, so different to our life now, but also quite like fun and like a lot mm. of energy. We were quite, I feel like we were quite young when we had them. And I think, oh, they won't remember us like <laughs> that. They just remember us now. And we're like, no, we're not going to the soft play.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like the thought, like we haven't done, me and Scout, we haven't done a soft play. I mean, that's just, that's that seems strange. Well, it's but... also
0: COVID. Yeah, of course, of course. I think there would have been more of that if we weren't, you know, his first year was just in home, really. But yeah, they won't remember these different versions of you. That's why self-development is key, because we're all changing all the time, and our children all the time. We're all constantly moving forwards. And I think when you can embrace change, and there's this term that I learned called impermanence. It's like from a Buddhist philosophy and it's just like the acceptance that everything is moving like Mm. literally like the cells in your body are moving you're getting older like the seasons are changing this idea that like your everything is constantly moving and and being really comfortable about that and then you just constantly work with the moment that you're in and kind of making making the most of that rather than thinking oh how do I get back that body that I had 10 years ago or oh I used to be like really confident back then I'm not so you're not it's like you're just okay this is now
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And 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 next will be something else, and let's just let's just keep moving. And I love that. Yeah, philosophy. I mean,
1: and, and if we had um, another kid, that would be a completely different journey for that kid as well.
0: That's why, yeah, siblings are all totally different. That's and... what I'm saying.
1: They 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 are getting completely yeah. different yeah. journeys. Yeah, in parenting styles, um, I I feel so much more. um I don't know I think I want to be more I want to talk to Scout more Mm. and be a bit more I feel like with Phoenix I was I was like really just into him being into like Star Wars and things that I was into Mm. whereas with Scout I've just got a complete like I don't want to sort of put any of me yeah I just want to see what happens like a, a social experiment almost well, like, just see what he gravitates to. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, that's the greatest gift. You like,
1: I, I, I think I've essentially turned Phoenix into me—just <laughs> a S- Star Wars, Zeldering, skateboarding, long-haired dude.
0: If he, didn't, which is that's
1: lovely and great.
0: If he didn't like it, you'd know about it. Yeah. But yeah, no, you, you're right. You, you, it's very important. I to... felt, but
1: I felt such pressure to not make him a dick. But you... <laughs>
0: Well, that definitely hasn't happened. He is. I felt an like absolute absolute I was like I had so many.
1: Boy. I made like I was like he has, I I have to sort of uh, shape him and and tell him what's cool and what's not. And oh God, in hindsight, it's a lot of work and a lot of like I don't know how much of it is necessary. With Scout, I'm way more about just listening. Yeah, he does not say much.
0: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that why he can't talk yet? <laughs> uh.
1: But I want to see. I, I want to see what happens if you take your hands off the wheel a bit.
0: Well, that's. I feel like that's more my approach, and that's like always been how I've been yeah. with the kids because that is that is the greatest gift that you can give a child to just because uh, I always say to the kids, don't I? I um. I I see you and I love you. I see you and I love you because it's like I see you.
1: You say a lot of things yeah. to the kids.
0: <laughs> it's like I see you and. I love you. It's like you you want them to be able to just like explode out of themselves in a yeah. way that they feel like they can try stuff out and they can have their own interests and yeah. they can get into new stuff because it's just so so good for them and ultimately if you know if you if you suppress that or if you put too much of yourself onto them, obviously we all influence each other because we're like really close and we have a lot of shared interests. But if they feel like they have to fit into your box, it's just going to come out later on. Down yeah. The line.
1: <clears throat> one of my new things is, is if I've got something in my head that I want to talk to one of my kids about, but maybe I'm like, oh, I, don't, I just think just... Whatever you've got to say, say it. Yeah. This- I, 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 sometimes I, I like on the school run back or something, there's some stuff you want to talk about and check in with. And maybe sometimes you don't do it. And then you go to bed and you're like, oh, we never got stuck into that thing I wanted to do. But when you actively do start getting into the conversations you want to get into, even though sometimes like they're always listening, it always goes in. Yeah, Like everything that comes out of your mouth, yeah. even if they appear not to be listening. Because yeah. I remember when I was a kid and I remember those chats yeah. and you, you retain everything.
0: Yeah. And also you might not reap the rewards of no. that until they're like but you're 45. Always, <laughs> you're
1: always glad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I feel like nothing should go unsaid. My what? big thing is I want um, communication.
0: Well, I heard, I learned this psychology term the other day, which I've now forgotten. It was something like, um, du- like journalize or narr- something about narrating. Basically, it was like with kids, any age, it's this technique of just like narrating your thoughts. Um, so things that you're thinking in your head, obviously you don't want to say all of those out loud, but getting more of those out into the open because... It's really easy, particularly when you're like in a busy family routine, for your conversations to just start being like really functional. Mm. What's for dinner? What did you do at school? Yeah. What you got tomorrow? What kit do you need? And it's like really important for your kids to like see you as a person, and that you have thoughts, and also that you have flaws, and that you fail at things, and that you're able to sit with different feelings. So this technique was about more of like that inner dialogue that you have, getting that out a bit more like making it totally normal to just be like yeah. you know i'll be like oh mad. Really, really tricky day today i didn't, re- didn't really like it actually um feeling a bit sad about it and it's like the intention is not is not to get a response out of them so no. it's very open-ended
1: <laughs> once you because i feel like i've got lots of advice that i could give phoenix because i remember starting high school like vividly And I think sometimes you can catch yourself thinking, oh, I won't won't bother, you know, do something else. And it's like, no, you should always... If you've got, like, advice, you should just put it out there.
0: Yeah. But you sometimes get frustrated that, um, like, he doesn't want to listen to your advice, but you forget what it's like to be... When you're that age, you feel like you know everything and you can't be told anything. So that's why you have to... Your new listening... Um, mantra is brilliant because the more you listen and the more open-ended questions actually the more advice you can sneak in (laughs) without it feeling like right let's sit down and I'm going to tell you how to nail starting high school because then you just be like oh god no go away because it's too much pressure almost yeah
1: Yeah, and also um, timing is everything yeah you once you start like learning your your kids kind of trigger points and like there are just great times for to to slip that advice in and there are awful times yeah and you you, you definitely have to pick your your, you know your moments and
0: like where you are as well like
1: sometimes it could be like you know throwing water on a fat fire
0: yeah (laughs) 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 and we all watched those videos in the 80s and saw what happened to that Yeah. yeah those with boys in particular um they 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 say um No eye contact. So like walking, cycling, in the car. Those are really good moments to have deep chats.
1: Yeah. I think... um...
0: I've had some amazingly deep chats with Phoenix. Oh my... That kid, like some of the things, like when he was, not so much now, but when he was kind of like sort of transitioning from sort of like 9, 10, you know, secondary school was like on the horizon. He's like amazing at metaphors that i was getting out of him he'd be like i feel like i'm this planet orbiting and like everyone else is in this solar system and they're like spinning faster than me and i can't keep
1: up oh yeah i remember this He like, really came downstairs and went to the fridge and just started crying <laughs> you were like <laughs> that boy
0: <laughs> he's just because <laughs> was just like yeah that's nice if you can express yourself with those kind of metaphors i think you're gonna be all right
1: I think so too. I'd rather teach him about emotional intelligence than um, teaching him the practicalities of changing a light bulb. I know that Mm. that might bother some people Mm. but I I just you know.
0: Maybe that's okay then that we didn't inherit any skills. Yeah. (laughs) Because we've worked on our self-development and our EQ instead.
1: Yeah I think this generation is going to have a lot of emotional intelligence and and, and, a, and a, just a different a completely different toolkit to yeah well, to previous generations I, i'm not necessarily saying it's gonna be it's gonna be better in some ways and you know all you can try and do is is just improve on what you, your experiences were
0: well we have a mental health crises out there the data is very real and we have a lot of children that you know unfortunately are very stressed and anxious because they have to spend time in environments where they're not allowed to be seen and they're not allowed to unleash themselves um and they're also growing up in a world that's quite harsh isn't it it's like you know the point in time where these kids have been born it feels almost like in the red you know so like things like climate change were around when we were kids but it felt like oh you know we've got a while (laughs) yeah we've got a while um we just get that impulse that says, like, ozone layer protected, which probably just meant absolutely nothing. But, like, now this time feels very urgent. It's, like, climate crisis. It's pandemic. It's, like, um, I don't know. Everything's very much, like, we got to sort this out now. And to 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 still be able to, like, find joy and express yourself and be content at the same time as all that going on, Um, does require a different toolkit it really does and we have to help our children to be able to be like yeah there's some stuff that is kind of real um it's you know and it's something that we all need to be aware of and work on but it doesn't mean that we have to live in a perpetual state of anxiety
1: yes yeah because phoenix is having granny sleepovers at the moment and granny was just here and she said, "Oh, it's such a shame, Phoenix. You know, he gets anxious when, if the news comes on and they talk about the the climate, and you know, it's such a shame they should sort of, you know, effectively live in a bubble." And I just think, well, there's nothing. You know, if he's feeling anxious, that's valid. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as a problem. And that's why. I don't see it as something that I need to fix. No. Because he's feeling anxious about something that's very real. I can answer questions about it and we can talk about it, but they're valid feelings. They shouldn't necessarily. almost should you know you should be encouraged yeah, to feel things you
0: should and that's what any
1: and not kick it under the rug
0: any child or adult actually wants to have their feelings validated because it's horrible when your feelings aren't validated oh don't be silly oh you don't need to worry about that it's like yeah. well, that doesn't make the feeling go away so now what do i do with it exactly so it's like it's like it's so important to like validate that and then i think engage them in coming up with coping strategies kids are so much like smarter and um resourceful than we sometimes give them credit for it's so easy as a parent like we just want to take that pain away it's so uncomfortable for us to see our kids worried or upset that we just want to make it go away but actually we need to sit in the feeling with them um that it's okay to be in the feeling and then figure out together um what we do
1: we just went off on a tangent then ems yeah we went long
0: that's because we haven't spoke to each other for a while
1: well this run ain't gonna run itself (laughs) ems
0: i like how you sort of have a timer on deep chat
1: well that's me done yeah well you know it's like it's like i always say one person couldn't feel all that they'd explode (laughs)
0: You do always say that, like um, Ron Weasley. Sometimes, if I because I'm a bit of spacey, sometimes, aren't I? Because I always have about three thousand things going on in my head, and sometimes, yeah, just, I've got like two. Yeah, you're like, what? What are you thinking at the moment? And then I like list them all out, and you're just like, that's impossible.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, can I tell you what I'm thinking about right now? Like, oh, when Phoenix gets back from school, he's gonna have the Nintendo Switch. Then I can scan in my Zelda amiibos and see if I've got any unique items. That is literally my day.
0: I'm thinking about four deadlines I, g- I to finish <laughs> oh this week.
1: God, God bless you M's. But you're a worker bee. We're a team. We're a team. You're a worker bee and I'm, um, I'm Daddy Daycare. Mm. Ugh, bore off. Rebrand.
0: <laughs> do you remember that? I'm going to finish now, but do you remember that time when you always used to have to have a cheese and onion sandwich before bed?
1: <sighs> it was weird. It was pre-kids and it was pre-marriage.
0: I'm really glad you grew out of that yeah you're really evolving you don't need a cheese and onion sandwich before bed and you're a real listener
1: oh thanks ems i do love you um can i just say next on the next show our chat is all gonna is gonna be about when we went out clubbing the other night (laughs) and emma (laughs) got uni drunk (laughs) so if you want to hear all about that tune in to next episode
0: i don't want to talk about that I've only just recovered. My face puffed up like a big
1: squirrel. Come on, everybody! Let's invite the entire club back to our house <laughs> so we can have a massive party. Hmm. I don't know how Granny's going to feel about that. She'll love it. I leave you with that anecdote. Right. Thank
0: you so much for listening, everyone. And um, the hiatus is over. The episodes are coming back thick and fast. We've got um, some great interviews in the can. Um, that are coming up if you want to find out more you can follow playful underscore den on instagram you can support me and the podcast on patreon i'm over there just search for playful den it's five pounds a month and um, this month i am doing live playfully challenges i'm setting bi-weekly playful challenges for all members and i'm also uploading personalized gift inspiration buy play pattern for all of your little uh, people out there so if you want to check that out go and have a look um otherwise we will see you soon live playfully bye
1: you whistle to the show <laughs> yeah i wear a whistle around my neck now bye